What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 238 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Sunday, December 5th. I know it's Sunday, December 25th because December 4th, did I say 25th? No, I said 5th. I don't know. Whatever. I know it's December 5th because December 4th yesterday, I had the last wedding that I'll be doing for, I'm not saying I'm quitting weddings, but it's the last wedding I'm going to be doing for a while. I already explained how horrific that last wedding I did was, well, this wedding took place at the same venue out in the middle of nowhere, Green Cove Springs, Florida, fucking literally a nothing city. And same wedding coordinator. I will not disparage her as much this time. She was a lot cooler, but my decision to not want to deal with the bullshit stress of weddings is still intact. So, so that's where I'm at. I'm celebrating post wedding time. Um, you might notice a absence of Mike here uh, because that's just how fucking stupid and crazy our schedules have been, man. Like we wanted to do this bi-weekly and now it's turning into you get one once a month. Well, I wanted to stand up and say, no, no, our fans deserve better. Even though we have like over 200 episodes, you can easily go back and just, you know, listen to or re-listen to. They're all hits. They're all fantastic uh, documentary quality uh, additions. But in Mike's stead, because I don't want to be bouncing all this shit off by myself, we have my bandmate, Stefania O'Connell McCoolahan. Hello. Oh, I got an additional last name this time. I'm really good at radio. I'm a really good host. Um, some say I'm the best. I, I was Don't say look legendary. at any of our iTunes reviews. <laughs> Don't look at any of our iTunes Can, reviews. They're all going to try to discredit me. Can we read them? We should just read them. There's a few new ones that we could, but um, I don't think I have iTunes on this uh, Boo. MacBook. Boo this man. Yeah, so I set up an office to record my YouTube videos in and the podcast, and um, that's where we're at right now. So um, It's pretty fancy. Yeah, I don't know. I might, I might try to pull those up at some point. But um, yeah, so Stephanie, you know, I mean, y- you hear her voice. I know a lot of you guys listen to our music. Um, a few of you guys ordered some band shirts from us that Friday. That makes you cooler than everybody else. It makes you something. I don't know what it is yet. But um, but yeah, she's here. So um, does anyone have any questions for her? I'll wait. No? The, yeah. The room's kind of quiet. You're not very interesting. I'm not, I guess, a woman of mystery. Your life is pretty much a mirror of mine. (laughs) We do the same shit. We have the same job. We have the same gripes. So anything that I've said in the past about karaoke DJing and how annoying it is and what a Mm -hmm. pain in the ass. That's pretty much Stephanie's life. I mean, you pretty much don't don't need to ask her any questions. No, but but I'm slightly more wholesome than you. Yeah, well, you drink much less than me. You're way, you're not even, you don't even... I have two loving, doting animals that you're, are rescues. You're not even in the same state of alcoholism <laughs> as me. Like, we're I, cities I, apart in al- the alcoholism thing. Yeah. I drink way more yeah. than you. You have one beer, yep. your face gets red, you get tired, and you go to bed. <laughs> I have one beer, and I'm like, did a gnat just land on me? I don't know what that was. What was that feeling? That was nothing. You know, 12 beers later, I'm like, yeah, I'm fe-. you know, life's not so bad after all. I think, I think given the situation of everything, I can really really tolerate life now and then then i like it i like it when you're drunk at the house and hanging and swinging like a monkey off your monkey bars that hasn't happened very much but um be more realistic here come on it happens you get this podcast is is built on authenticity authenticity and um blanket generalizations that's what this podcast that's what that's the house that me and mike have built perfect so don't come in here with your bullshit hyperbole about me monkey swinging on stuff but you actually do it and this is how I actually talk to you. This is not an act. But you actually do it. I did it like once. You've done it many times. But you're drunk and you don't remember. Anyway, the feeling of having 12 beers and f- feeling really good about life, it it just so cruelly goes away the next day. And, it, and, and it now is here I am. you now. I have a hangover. I feel like there are migrant farm workers poking the back of my eyeballs with hot forks right now. Um, I would do it if I could. So, yeah, that's where we're at. But no, um, me and Mike uh, had teased, well, Mike had teased a uh, podcast episode where we were going to cover uh, what I can only imagine to be a horrific 
documentary on vampire people. I'm really jealous. And this came out in the 90s. I don't know where Mike found this from, but it was even complete with like 90s commercials. I'm so excited to watch this. It aired on UPN, which is like a beyond defunct uh, American television channel. Um, UPN was like the garbage bin of television shows that were canceled on primetime networks. They went over to UPN. I think they tried to have some original programming back in the day. Surprisingly enough, it was a channel me and my brother watched a lot. And um, yeah, man, yeah, I miss those those weird little one hour shows that they would show sometimes like, you know, Ripley's Believe It or Not or uh, Secrets of Mag- Magicians Revealed Part One on Fox. Like you, you just I feel like th- those kind of little niche shows were things that we lost with uh, that uh, kind of cable disappearing and, and YouTube becoming like the major focus. Now, yes, you can go and find little niche channels and little niche videos on YouTube that kind of talk about this stuff, but it didn't have the production value. Yeah. Because these were like actual shows that were shot with like good cameras, like a film crew, a producer, a professional editor and all that. And uh, all that kind of stuff went away. So anyway, the vampire people episode's <laughs> going to have to. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Yeah, I know. You wanted to do that one. But that sounds so fun. Hey, Mike un- un- uncovered a a gold nugget in the du- in the sand <laughs> and it would be unfair to him. Oh, no, I, I to give I, it to you. I totally I totally agree. At some point, I'm throwing this out there because Josh keeps telling me no, but at some point when I fill in, I want to do an episode on H.H. Holmes, America's first serial killer, because I have a vested interest in that, and I think it's fantastically fascinating. I was explaining to Stephanie how I don't really like anything old, um, historically. Um, if it happens, That's why I pinch your grandma. I do it for you. My grandma's dead, but that's cool. <laughs> Bring up a painful memory in front yeah. of everyone. Um yeah, anything that happened before like 1970, I'm just like boring, except for a few things like World War II. I'm really interested in like the Kennedy assassination, Roswell, you know, the big hitters. But he breaks a lot of scientific stereotypes because he literally was one of the only college educated serial killers. I think it's the statistically speaking, like 90 to 95 percent of them are not college educated. Ted Kaczynski was a highly educated um well, serial killer, technically, mm. uh, Unabomber. Um, Is it Unabomber? Or Zodiac Killer, or both, they don't know. Yeah. Or do they know? I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm not on top of my <laughs> my game, I, but... I um, can't keep up with all that, with all the new uncoverings and all that. Yeah, there's a lot of them. The Golden State... The, the new, the real Golden State Killer reveal, all these articles yeah. coming out now, and I'm just like, we already covered it. I've mentally moved on. Mm-hmm. I've checked out. I can't keep that in my RAM, in my head. I think that was the one that... Patton Oswald's dead wife helped to kind of like wow. she did a documentary. You could have just it. said Patton Oswald's wife. Well, but he's said, remarried. Dead wife. It's, it's his. It's his dead one. Not, oh, his, not his alive. Oh, one. he remarried. I think he remarried. Oh God, someone. I think so. He's a funny man. Yeah, he's funny, but he's a fucking fantastic example of how being rich and being on TV gets you laid. Because uh, that that is a that is a troll of a man he you know he was really funny though Patton oswald like back when i did stand up he was a he was one of my favorites um his first like two or three albums especially he had some good bits on the ones after that but um yeah i watched one of his recent ones after his wife died and there was some sad moments in it because you can tell he's still kind of wrestling did he like make jokes about it not it wasn't jokes it was just like hey you guys know a lot about my life this is you know some you know, some changes or whatever. Cause I think he likes to be kind of open and authentic. I mean, yeah, you, you can't not bring that. If you're a comedian, yeah. you can't not bring that up. Yeah. By the way, my wife died. I mean, it's the well, mother of his kids. So like I listened to one of Louis CK's uh, club sets um, since he returned. He's, he's making a very like, he sh- he's making a very shadowy return to stand up, And um, I think his opening kind of thing that he said, he's like, how's everyone's year been going? I've had an interesting year. <laughs> it's like you, you have to you have to bring up the elephant in the room if something like that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope, man. It's like Louis had so much shit in the works that got canceled over uh, over the uh, you know him j- jerking off in front of two chicks. And, and you know, should have put his penis away. It, it, it's, yeah, it's like any <laughs> like any sexual scandal. It's like 
you know, now new emerging information. They said they were okay with it, and then they didn't say they were okay with it. Which is it? You know, a man's career was destroyed, and over your, you know, did it? Have, you know, who knows? You know, it, it's just. I, I think we're kind of backing out of that whole like uh, pitchfork uh, you know, trial by uh, the court of social opinion phase. I think that was. Oh, hot. I think it's more aggressive. Well, I'm talking about like it seemed like in the heat of the. We're gonna get to the thing, the uh, murder that we're talking about, folks. We're just having our uh, chit chat time, like like we would if Mike was here. Um, I think during the heat of the Me Too movement, there was. Um, there, there was a lot of uh, rage going on. Uh, some of it, rightfully so. Some ex- supreme douchebags got taken down out of power, which was fantastic. Uh, a essentially a pedophile, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, died himself. He made himself. He made <laughs> he himself. Unalived he himself. welcomed to die, <laughs> uh, which you know is arguably a good thing, um, given all. The, anyway, I'm not going to get into the graphic nature of that. But but Whereas, on, on the other side of that movement, there was um, a, a lot of dudes who um, kind of got their shit ruined on major levels, and then probably on smaller levels throughout the country. And it was just kind of like it was an overcorrection. You know, there a correction did need to be made in Hollywood, um, but but I feel like it was almost like an overcorrection in a lot of ways. And I think I think in the court of public opinion, a lot of people are kind of they may not go out and say that, but yeah, yeah, we, maybe we did go a little too far and like like killing his kids and like taking his house and like te- cutting his testicles off. I, that might have been a little too far. I I think one of the things that actually suffers for it is uh like like overall artistic integrity, like especially for comedians. I feel like now there's so much that you just can't talk about at all. And um, I think, you know, for comedians that had to that has to make their art suffer. I mean, I would think it would. Uh, I was talking to a comedian friend of mine um, recently, a guy who I used to do stand up with back in the day. And um, I was you know, I don't I've been out of the stand up game for over 10 years. Um, I was never like a big, you know, deal or anything. I, I had a little buzz going on in, in Jacksonville, my hometown when I first started out because I was, you know, I had some jokes. But um, so anyway, I was talking to this guy and, and, and I'm like, man, it's like I want to I want to kind of like just get back into it because I have some jokes I've written that I think are funny. But I was talking to my friend and I was like, dude, being a stand up nowadays, like what what can you guys even talk about? And he's like, he's like, I know, man, I know it's, it's, it's rough, you know? And it's kind of how he talks. I know he kind of talks like John Lennon, like, I know it's hard. I don't know what to talk about. Um, but you know, I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ, the the people are programmed to, uh, have a a knee jerk. Ooh, I can't believe he said that. That's wrong. I'm prepared to be offended. Yeah. People have like, they're, they're, they're wired, you know? Like, so it's anyway, it's glad. See, that's a good thing about doing music. Lyrics are vague. Or you can talk. You can literally write a song about whatever you want. It, but but typically like a good, a good song, the lyrics are vague because you're trying to appeal to the most people. So you're, you're not really touching on anything specific and everything else is just sounds. You can't be offended by a musical sound. Yes, I can. I don't like the saxophone. Yes, Stephanie in particular does not like the saxophone, so classics like Careless Whisper by George Michael or... Every time that one comes on at karaoke, I die a little. Or Jerry Rafferty's um, Baker Street. No, Just I these, hate. these epic saxophone classics in the American and British lexicon. It's a trash instrument. Uh, she hates. I also hate the harmonica. I can kind of get behind the harmonica. Top tier instruments to me are always piano and violin. I think they make the most beautiful sounds to me. Well, you know what band didn't make beautiful sounds in my opinion, but was really fucking popular growing up is a band called As I Lay Dying. Now, why am I talking about As I Lay Dying? Well, you're going to find out. But little backstory about this band. When I was a young warthog, when I was like a teenager, 13, 14, 15, um, all my friends were really into like hardcore bands. Hardcore is basically a genre where it's like almost like punk music, but way heavier and way screamier. And I did not like it. All my friends did. It was kind of a trend, kind of a fad, although it's not dying. 
it hasn't really died out. It's the mantle has been passed. It's evolved somewhat, but it has kind of gone back underground to a certain degree. I mean, yeah, you know, they can still headline festivals and stuff, but it's just evolved more into the post hardcore and, and new metal is what they call it. Area. Anyway, this band as I lay dying was one of the favorites of my friends and, you know, go listen to their music. I'm not a fan. You might like it. I doubt you will. Except maybe Corey out there in Canada. He probably likes As I Lay Dying. Canadian Corey. Oh, great. Is this a feature I get with you? Yeah. A little single jingle? I do that all the time. I know you do, and I don't like it. <laughs> you say you do it when you're nervous. No, I do it just because. That's not what you told me before. I tell you a lot of things. They're not always true. This is like the Howard Stern show. I'm going to ask you a bunch. I'm going to get into your head and ask you a bunch. No, of, I don't, I don't need things. a psychological evaluation. Get you admit things in public to people. Oh, good. So in the past, like, what, 30 minutes, I've compared my, I've said, I'm like, our episodes are amazing. I've, I've just literally compared myself to Howard Stern, arguably one of the greatest shock shocks out there. I am on a high horse today, son. Anyway. Um, so gave you my backstory of the band. So, um, the lead singer, Tim Lambesis or Tim Lamb, as he's sometimes known, um, apparently put a hit out on his wife dun, dun, dun. to, to be, to be murdered dead, to be dead arised, dead, died, not dead enough. Very deceased. Needs life. <laughs> Uh, so this Rolling Stone article, uh, by the way, this dates back to uh, December 18th, 2017. We've covered much older cases in the past on this podcast. So this is actually for our podcast. This is fucking like yesterday. This happened very recently. So you don't like old, but you don't like new. It just seems like you just don't like. No, I, 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 you know, <laughs> from the 1970s and above, I like. I wanted to grow up with it is what you said. Well, I mean, to a certain degree, like I'd say movie wise, like my cutoff is like the 70s. Anything before the 70s, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I do think that the 70s was uh, just a, the fun house era for serial killers because you know you couldn't fucking track anybody. It, it was just and you just left your doors open and, you know, unlocked. And it was just it was too safe. It was too perfect. Well, a lot of the art house students came <clears throat> to fruition in the 70s with the filmmaking, like your Steven Spielberg's and George Lucas's. And, and they got a lot more experience and they really pushed the boundaries of what movies could be. And then it just evolved into the 80s and 90s, etc. Anyway, this this motherfucker, as a dying singer, Tam Lambess has posted a long apology on Sunday, Sunday which we'll get to that apology uh, one year after he was released from prison following his conviction on murder for hire charges. This is one of those articles where they highlight every other word that takes you to yet another article. Um, so let's investigate those murder for hire charges. Um, so this this article that I'm jumping to is from uh, May 8th, uh, 2013. And it's talking about how a heavy metal band, Azalea Dying, oh, this fucking article that's literally just oh. trolling me around and I can't make it go away. Um, <laughs> this this pop-up box is floating around wherever he wants dude, to Dude, wherever read. I'm trying to read. Oh my God, it's getting bigger. What the hell? What, why, what an why obnoxious... Why it, it turned on its volume. Wow. Okay. Now I see why media is dying. This is ridiculous, this is, dude. There's no X? It, there was when I expanded well, it. I hope you don't need all those first words. Did you need them? Fuck it. Anyway. We're going to pick words. Guy was arrested <laughs> sometime because <laughs> this box is covering it. San Diego <clears throat> on charges that he tried to hire an undercover detective to kill his estranged wife. So they weren't even like, dang, I guess he didn't want to share his goods. They weren't strange. They were estranged, which is worse, apparently. Oh, internet estranged. San Diego Sheriff's Department spokeswoman Jane Caldwell said the police learned late last week that Lambesis was seeking someone to carry out the murder. Quote, we acted quickly on it, Caldwell said, as reported by Reuters. I believe that we averted a great tragedy. Megan Lambesis had sought a dissolution of marriage in San Diego Superior Court last September. Caldwell was thin on details, saying that the ongoing investigation prevented her from shedding light on why Lambesis wanted his wife dead. <laughs> Or how police initially learned of the plan. <clears throat> Although, as I lay dying, have been described as a Christian <clears throat> band. <laughs> yeah, they were actually. That's why all my friends were allowed to listen to them. All my little goody two tits Christian it's friends. It's actually now it's as she lays dying. 
Yeah. Uh, the musicians have downplayed the tag of Christian. Quote, five or so years ago, when magazines would try and press that point, we decided to stay silent on the spiritual topic so that they would have to pay attention to our music and nothing more. We didn't preach at our shows. Our goal has always been just to write the best music we can, Lambessas told Noise Creep in January. Religion has some influence on the things that we write about, just like all of our life experiences do as a band. We want to be judged on music rather than what our personal beliefs are. I, I never have understood that that Christian trope when it comes to music. Like, we can only write songs about Jesus. Any other topics are foreboden. Like what? Like I, I I grew up listening to Skillet and Newsboys and DC Talk, and Skillet did a pretty good job sometimes of kind of like burying that. They're not the same band now. Now they're just commercialized junk. Um, but back in the day, it was uniquely thought out stuff, and they didn't. Like, some songs were very direct, and some songs were, like, about his troubled relationship with his dad, or topics that exist outside of a spiritual realm, and I always thought that was cool. Yeah, I also find it funny, though, that um, when a band starts getting some kind of success, they, (laughs) the community that embraced them and, like, helped them, like, gain a following, they, all of a sudden, like, Christian God, huh, what, I'd never even heard of the guy. Who's that? Uh, I don't know, I don't know anything about that, I mean, it's like... I recently, I'm probably going to make a YouTube video about this. I, I, um, so, uh, I officially confirmed yesterday as at the wedding, I was bored. I confirmed that David Allen Coe did actually in 1982, uh, write an underground album of the most racist, misogynistic, Ooh. homophobic songs. And I'm not even saying this as like, I, I get easily offended as a social justice warrior. And these songs are written. No, he literally, um, the I think one of the names of the songs is N Word Lover. Ooh, so that's I mean that's that's pretty that's pretty uh, to the most uh, staunch Republican that that uh, they'd be like yeah that's pretty racist unless he named it that so he could shed light on that topic because he's just like man I heard Graham Graham say that one time and that was wrong yeah but even so. <laughs> Even if you're coming at from like a like an ironic social justice perspective, dropping the n bomb in the title of your song is like. uh, You think he's allowed to even say the, like the the name of his song? Like if he came out on stage. Well, well, basically, well, I brought up that whole David Allen Coe thing to say like now he's like he's been really trying to distance himself from those albums. But then he did a, a 180, and now he's like apparently trying to sell them again on what? his we- on his website. And the album comes uh, like not packaged with his name on it or anything. Uh, it's basically sold in like a brown paper bag. But then why would you? But the, okay, so that's like when authors they write. I guess it, when when they write under a different pen name, but they also announce that it's under a different pen name. And the only reason I can figure that it's kind of like. As an artist, if you're uh, like, oh, well, this is a different style than what I normally do, so I'm going to release it under the Because didn't J.K. Rowling do that? Uh, Quite a few. Like, okay, like Anne Rice has her, you know, regular Vampire Lestat novels and stuff like that. But then for a hot minute, she also delved into, like, very illicitly sexual things. And she wrote as A, I think it was A.N. Rockalore or something. Ooh, wow. Schmancy, fancy. Yeah, but you know, it's I guess the same under the same umbrella. Anyway, I think it's funny when Christian bands like distance themselves from the Christian angle because they see gold in them, their hills, and they're like, "Fuck that." Th- that's the Lord's gold. He so anyway, um, dude um, was released from prison, and um, he quotes uh, he's quoted here by saying, "Words cannot begin to express how deeply sorry I am for the hurt that I have caused. There is no defense for what I did, and I look back on the person I became." Uh, with as much disdain as many of, of you likely do. Um, the statement is Lambesis' first public apology since he was arrested in May 2013 after soliciting an undercover police officer to murder... Oh, it was an undercover cop. Nice. To murder his wife of eight years. A year later, Lambesis pleaded guilty to the charges and was sentenced to six years in prison. Do you think the other band members are like, God, now we got to find a new singer? I mean, I'd be thinking it. It's kind of like, it's like the bands that like ended up having like, because there's a few in that scene also that ended up having like pedo frontmen. Yeah, brand new. Didn't brand, isn't there some controversy surrounding brand new? Um, not that I'm, I think they helped take down a pedo. I think is, I think that was their, their claim. No, I'm thinking of Bayside. Bayside helped 
take down some creepy dude. I don't know about brand new. No, if, they, there, if they have controversy, there, I don't know about it. There is there is a thing with brand new. I was thinking about that. Let's see. It was like Blood on the Dance Floor. He's a fucking creep. Everyone knows about Blood on the Dance um, Floor. There I mean, was some other post-hardcore band that their front man was also a pedo. I can't remember who because I didn't listen to them. Yeah, uh, brand news. Jesse Lacey apologizes after sexual misconduct allegations. Okay. Um, Elaborate. Oh, okay. To read the full story, I got to subscribe. Oh, I hate when they do that. And it's like, this is the internet. Do you think I'm going to pay for These this? These are including allegations of actions that occurred when the victims were underage teens. Ooh, that's not a good look. But, you know, the thing is, is like in in that world like sadly that's not that's not like not uncommon because a lot of the people that go to your shows are in that bracket it's creepy yeah i mean i have a friend who swears up and down she fought tom DeLong from when he was doing angels and airwaves when angels and airwaves came to jacksonville she swears up and down that she went to his bus after the show and she was like 16 at the time and he fucked her and he like wore a condom and everything. And she's like, but I never tell anybody because I know no one's going to believe me. And uh, this girl's like super ditzy. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but. um, Where was I going with that thought process? You were accusatorily stabbing a finger at him in a very direct manner. Oh, but oh, yeah. So like, but she she like was telling me at like bragging, not like, oh, my God. And and she was she was like, this was years later after she was a girl after she was an adult. So like, I guess not every time they're like regretful of it unless it, unless there's money to be had. I don't know. We um, have so many emotions at that age. Like that'd be like, you know, like the girls that could have, you know, like hooked up with the Backstreet Boys. It, you know, I'm not saying that some of them don't regret it. But there are, I'm sure, are plenty that were just like, oh, my gosh, what an interesting moment in my life. I don't know. So the singer, this is going back to As I Lay Dying, Mr. Timmy Lamb over here. Uh, The singer also apologized to bandmates, road crew, managers, attorneys, agents, label people, and more all had to suffer through many unexpected changes uh, because of my actions, as well as the fans who, quote, looked up to me as an artist. I let you down in so many ways. Uh, I've remained silent to the public expressing my remorse. Okay, I'm going to read his apology, so I'm kind of skipping past anything. Where, like, that's just like, that, Yeah, what else is there to read besides the apologies since we're getting to that? Lambasis uh, also hinted that he might return to music. It's unclear whether solo or with As I Lay Dying. Um, although the apologies uh, venue suggests the latter. But, quote, this apology is not part of promoting anything. Rumors circulate, and that's something I've learned to accept. But this apology is just that, an apology to everyone around me. Um, see it? Oh, okay, now now it pulls up the apology. It wasn't doing it on my... on. I think Firefox just sucks. I think I just need to switch over to Google. It doesn't like you. Um... I don't know. Did you want to read the apology? I'd like to read something. Oh, you want to be a part of it? Yeah, I want to help. Oh my god. Yeah, fine. Read the apology. <laughs> so this is this. So this is the full apology from Facebook. It's lengthy. Buckle in. Words cannot begin to express how deeply sorry I am for the hurt that I have caused. There is no defense for what I did, and I look back on the person I became with as much disdain as many of you likely do. First, I apologize to my former wife, who I tried to kill. And remarkable children for my appalling actions. There's not a single day that goes by that I don't wish I could undo the damage I caused. And out of respect for their wishes, I will not discuss anything else about them, nor in, nor now or in the future. I also ask anyone reading this to promote healing for them by respecting their privacy and defending them from any negativity or anger which should be directed towards me. I was the sole offender and the only one to blame for everything that happened. To my family. I apologize for the trauma you faced and may still feel. This is an ongoing sentence many of you serve because of me. I am so sorry to my friends who were betrayed by everything I hid from them and all the hardships I caused people who who used to work with me. Bandmates, road crew, managers, attorneys, agents, label people, and more all had to suffer through many unexpected changes because of my actions. While they were dealing with the aftermath of my arrest... I responded toward many of them with bitterness that I should have directed toward myself. 
I know that I can't undo the animosity I brought their way, but I hope to mend what I can now, um, what I can now as time goes on. To the people who looked upon me as an artist, I let you down in so many ways. I tried to show my best side to the public while feeding an ugly growing monster behind closed doors. I wrote lyrics about the person I wanted to, I wanted to be rather than the person that I was. I was living a life that lacked empathy and viewed everything through a, through a self-motivated uh, lens. I cannot say for certain what life looks like going forward as much um, as so much is different now and I'm part and I'm still learning. Music always has always has and always will be a part of me and has helped me get through the darkest parts of my journey. However, this apology is not a part of promoting anything. Rumors circulate and that's something I've learned to accept. But this apology is just that an apology to everyone around me. I've remained silent to the public since expressing remorse at my sentencing because at the time, it seemed like the best way to promote healing. Today marks the first opportunity to freely apologize without any motivation to gain favor from the courts as I have now completed the entirety of my legal sentence, including the completion of, of all parole and probation requirements. Let me be clear that no amount of time served can right my wrongs I do not feel deserving of a second chance, and I'm not asking for anyone's trust. The, the way many people feel about me makes sense, and only time will tell if my actions line up with my remorse, something I pray for every day. In the last five years, the ripple effect of all my actions has extended further than a written statement can address. Thus, I will continue to apologize in both words and actions moving forward. Thank you for reading. Tim. And the first comment I see is, you're the reason I don't listen to metal anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> I stopped listening to an entire genre. That's all they said. It's like saying, like, Roman Polanski was a creep, and now I don't watch movies. <laughs> it's got 16,000 likes, 3,000 hearts, uh, 1.6K wows. 289 sads, 243 laugh reacts, which I always love it when people laugh react to, to shit that you shouldn't laugh react to. Uh, 202 angries and only one person with the, the hug. And they didn't introduce the hug until like a year or two on Facebook. So yeah. that means someone went back and searched for this and then hugged him. The first comment I see is uh, an apologist for this guy. He's like, people are so damn quick to point the finger. He fucked up bad. I mean, real bad. And yes, if he wouldn't have gotten caught, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. He did get caught, though. He did serve his time. Trust me, in no way want to be in his shoes right now. He's grasping at redemption, and it's so close. Let him fucking be a human and stop all the bullshit judging. God in no way desires or approves this kind of shit. God also doesn't de desire you swearing, sir. That is harming your Christian testimony by swearing. So uh, which side is it, buddy? Are you a Christian or are you not? Even if you don't hold the same faith and beliefs that I hold, it doesn't give you the fucking right to play God and decide his fate because you're pissed he's making progress. And whoever said they're without sin is the biggest oh, piece of shit I've had the opportunity to come across this year. Seriously, stop that shit. Build him up instead of tearing him down. You don't like him. Piss the fuck off. This is so funny because this isn't like I fucked up and I drank too much or... I fucked up and, you know, like it's this. You were literally going to have another human being murdered, like unmade, essentially. So, yeah, that's not he fucked up. Let's forgive him. Nah, dude, he his lack of judgment was such that he convinced himself that that was the way to go. And he and he decided that he could live with himself, knowing that he was the reason why his wife was dead. Yep. And, you know, it, it just it further proves to me in such an amazing way, like. If you create something that people love and take great joy in, you can do anything mm -hmm. and they will defend you. Yeah, it's funny because he talked about people having a lack of empathy when that's literally what he did. Like through his actions was a complete and utter lack of empathy. So asking for others, which he didn't do is funny to me. But yeah, I mean, it's just like people really liked as I lay dying's music. They probably still do. There's probably a lot of people. I didn't know that he did this until one of my friends in the scene told me that, you know, cause 
I told him I did a podcast. I said, oh, have you covered uh, Tim Lamb from As I Die? I'm like, no, what's that all about? And he told me, I'm like, oh, shit. Um, but yeah, like, they, they, I mean, unless it's like something that's literally indefensible and there's like a concrete proof that the person did it, people are just going to, it's like, yeah, his wife didn't technically die, so he's not a murderer. Uh, he just wanted to murder her, and he actually put steps into motion to make that happen. But he didn't do it. But but she's alive, so it doesn't count. I mean, it'd it, be like hitting somebody with your car, and they didn't die, so it doesn't count. I mean, yes, he did try to kill his wife, but that first album they put out though <laughs> was so good, bro. That album changed my life. You couldn't go to a Hot Topic store without hearing some song. I mean, I'm just saying, it's not right what he did, but man, that first album, really good. I mean, you know, I, I've done videos on my YouTube channel recently about the angry video game nerd, this internet character, and he started this band recently, and they're so cringy and they're so bad. It's so bad. It's objectively bad. It's not my opinion. It's it's fact. I mean, it, 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 in the dictionary, uh, of they... They say that this band is sucks, like it's factual. Your ego is so unchecked today. <laughs> I know it's out of control. It really is. Um, I don't know what's gotten into me, but um, and and so I'm like pointing it out, and yet you got all these people who are like, and it's funny because like their responses to me, they're not even saying it's good. They're just defending. <laughs> they're just defending his right to do it. They're like, just let them have fun, you know. They're, they're doing whatever they want to do. At no point they're like, you're wrong. It's awesome. No one's saying that. No one's saying that it's good. They're just saying that you will. You shouldn't. He's not hurting anybody. He's not hurting anyone. You should just let him do it. Ugh. No, that's, a, that's an Easter egg. But anyway. No. Um, but yeah, so I, I just that's I find that so funny. And, you know, in the article earlier, they're talking about like, it's unknown what the intentions were at the time. Uh. Uh, OK, <laughs> he was in a band that was fairly successful in a time when they still sold physical media. So he probably made more money, you know, than bands make nowadays. Um the 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 wife was probably trying to you know do what wives do uh when they're married to famous people and they get uh divorced she was probably trying to get hers she was trying to get her her settlement her half of the pie when you enter into the lovely uh union of marriage uh and and you don't sign any kind of prenuptial agreement um well he has an estimated net worth of four million dollars that's not nothing that is a lot more than I was thinking it was going to be, considering. That is not nothing. No, that's a hefty chunk of change. So. See, I wonder if he needs another wife. Oh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're insinuating. Yeah, no. You better not piss him off. <laughs> I'll kill him first. <laughs> Man, you pissed me off so bad today. I almost want to hire someone to kill you. <laughs> Didn't you just spend like six years in jail for that? I, I mean, mm. ah, God dang Damn it. it. I did it again. But yeah, I mean, she wanted to take, you know, we, we assume. And, 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 you know, you, again, and let's, I'm just postulating right now. So, so, so I'm just theorizing. Let's say she was a really nasty woman. She's and she, a bitch. Yeah. You said that, not me. So it's yeah. okay. Um, That's what I heard. Let's say she was a nasty woman and she was like. I will end you. I will bleed you of all the money that you have. You will never see your kids again. I'm going to end you. I'm going to tell. Which does happen. I'm going to tell all your fans that you liked wearing ladies underwear in bed and being spanked with a naked G.I. Joe. Uh, you know, I'm going to do all that and more, buddy. You you just you've just seen the tip of the iceberg of Megan Lamb. And, uh, you know, he's like, I got to kill this bitch. It's the only way. It's the only way I'll preserve my my legacy, my everything. And Wait, are, uh, you, are you siding with him right now? No, in, no, I'm, in just, this fictitious I'm scenario. just being devil's advocate. Okay. And so he goes out and like a stupid head, like a big, dumb, <laughs> st stupid head. He solicits a undercover cop to kill his wife. And um, probably, I'm assuming, through all the legal uh, rings and all the things that happened in the court, maybe there was an NDA signed where whatever she was threatening to do 
or whatever was going to happen, um, you know, no longer is happening. There's probably a, uh, a gag order on her to where she cannot talk about the details of uh, the marriage and what led up, you know, what could have possibly led up to that. But of course, you know, in her shoes, she's going to be like, I was, I was amazing wife. I didn't do anything wrong at all. You know, so, um, She's not going to she's not going to be like, yeah, I kind of understand why he wanted to kill me. I was <laughs> I was a piece of shit. Uh, Are again, you saying that she's a piece of stool? Again, I'm not saying that any of that. I'm just saying, like, what if, you know, I mean, look, you don't if you're a crazy person, you don't like bring a band to the point of success on a level that as I lay dying did if you're a murderer. I think I think you get pushed to a certain brink to where you you find yourself uh, thinking about things that you wouldn't normally think about because you're in a really like untenable position. Now that kind of makes me want to research like bands that had murderers in them, like like successful bands. No, oh, I'm, I'm sure Buzzfeed or Grunge already has 17 videos about that. Top 10 bands that were actually what I, murderers. What I would love it is that instead of like metalcore, if it was like a member of Duran Duran or something like <laughs> Charlie Watts from, uh, um, not Charlie Watts. Um, Phil Rudd from, um, ACDC had a, uh, a hit out on someone. I mean, at least that was rock. It'd be funnier if it was like a pop group. And this was recently. I mean, that dude, like I want it to be like the mamas and the papas. Phil, Phil Rudd was like in his seventies and he still having hits put out on people and shit. I mean, back, is he from New York? Oh no, they're from, uh, New Zealand. Oh, or Austra- they're either Australian or New Zealand. They're oh, one of them. Okay. That's interesting. Any of you Kiwis down there, <laughs> let me know. No, I think they're I think they're Australian. Anyway, yeah, everyone used to think they were British, which I think pissed them off because I don't think the, the the Australians don't don't quite like being compared to Brits for the whole prison it, could, could it be prison, prison colony thing. thing. Could, could it be that? Robin, uh, Robin, <laughs> chime in and, and correct me on this. As yes. I know, I know you will when this episode gets posted. You're going to be like, "Well, here's what actually happened." Yes, he's got all the deets. But um, yeah, I mean, um, also, you know, you have the fame factor involved. You think you're untouchable. You you know, you think you can just and you know, honestly, back in the '70s when Phil Rudd was younger, he probably had several people knocked off, but with contract killings. But it was the '70s, man. Come on, you know, death, Studio 54, cocaine, death like was fine. Uh, contract killings, uh, no DNA testing was available back then. I mean, you could you could do. Maybe that's what people mean when they say they want they want to bring back the good old days of this country, <laughs> like back when cocaine was more readily available, and um, you know you could murder people easier maybe that's what uh, all these uh republicans mean when they're like they want to make make america great again yeah i'm starting to get it if that's what they mean then i mean i can kind of can we be successful so we can get down with that lifestyle i just have this shitty thing called a conscience and uh it would just kind of like eat me up day and night knowing that like someone died at my hand well yeah i mean that's that that just means that you know with as weird as you are you still have that moral fiber that human consciousness sorry i keep cracking my fucking ankle into the microphone put your foot down um but you know that that means you still have like a modicum of that thing that maybe you won't actually fly off the handle and murder somebody someday but knowing you it wouldn't be a fly off the handle it would definitely be premeditated because you'd have to work it into your schedule and Great. you want to be prepared with all of the tools. You, you've just put on record <laughs> that I have uh, I have the, an inkling to premeditate things. So so oh, if yeah. <laughs> 10 years from now I do kill someone, like me. Uh, best believe this is going to be entered into evidence, this, this is, conversation this right is here. My, this is my cry for help. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is going to be part of my coffee table memoirs when I, when I do live through it. I, I treat you <laughs> like you mean the world to me. <laughs> He's also going to go ahead and put that on record. Yes, I'm putting that on record. That, I, see, I see my Christmas present over there in the corner. I don't know which one it is. None of those boxes have names on it. I assume that one of them is mine. You don't know that. It's probably mine. Are they all? You know what? They're all mine. You couldn't pick, so they're all oh, mine. Oh, you want the Barbie that changes colors when she goes into the water? I did help pick it. <laughs> I want to. I want to abuse you so bad right now. That's also on record. God damn it! Oh, but I have the power to edit. Ha <laughs> ha! No. Yes. Keep it in. The screams were edited out just then. Keep it in. So yeah, man, that guy. Uh, that's not good. 
no, it, it's not a, it's not as they say a good look, um, you know. And I, I do like that in his apology he was like, "Yo, I'm just trying to live," which, uh, you know, which is ironic because that's essentially what his wife was trying to do, also try to live. I'm typing in new music from Tim Lambesis. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. If, let's see do if you think Timmy. It's any good? He's gonna sing about like. I wish I didn't try to murder my wife. Whoa, that's a scary picture. Okay, so yes, he he is writing music again. Uh, and this article is from November 12th, t- uh, 2021. Very recent. Born Through Fire, Tam Lambesta's new band, share their first two songs. Should be born through attempted murder. You know, <laughs> OJ Simpson is <laughs> never going to have a moment in public where someone isn't shouting murderer. Um, there was this hilarious... Um, uh, OJ got on Twitter like a year or two ago and people were just sending like the knife emojis like on his Twitter. <laughs> and um, uh, so some dude <laughs> created a fake OJ Simpson Twitter account oh, yes. and, uh, and the real OJ Simpson actually messaged him and said hey take this account down I'm the real OJ Simpson and he goes what are you going to do stab me <laughs> so like what I do, I do like that OJ kind of, he almost trolls people at this point. Like, writing that whole, if I did it, and like, I feel like he's cheeky about it at this point, you know? Um, okay, so that book about if I did it, um, OJ Simpson wasn't going to title it that. Um, I'm sure that was shock value. Wait, so, no, the the so this is what happened with that. OJ Simpson was in financial ruin yes. so he wrote that book to make the money i thought he, there were, he was allowed to like sign things in prison for money he's yes before he was he got any kind of a conviction he was oh, okay. able to sign things in in prison to make money um and he was acquitted but uh during the civil suit he was not he was found guilty mm. so the goldman's ron's uh mother and father they basically um and, and i'm i'm paraphrasing and dumbing down they they basically uh are the uh executors of any kind of financial income that oj gets oh. so um oj was trying to set up accounts in his kids names mm-hmm. so he could get around that mm-hmm. so he could make money um in their name so he could still somehow you know but they somehow through a loophole fixed that as well to where um any money from that book went to the goldman's and oj wanted to title the book if i did it and one of the provisions uh through the goldman's was that the if was so microscopic (laughs) so the book just basically said i did it But yeah, I mean, so th- my point with bringing up O.J. Simpson is that 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 is his legacy. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Tim, this guy, even though he didn't technically kill anyone, bro, if you don't think for a second they're gonna the for the rest of his life, he's gonna have people be like, oh, what are you gonna do? Hire someone to kill me if I disagree? You know, like that. He's not gonna be able to escape that. What, I mean, what makes me sad is that with his level of fame, I still don't think he'd have to be playing at like okay like half of the half of the dive bars and shit that we do Uh, you know it's it's not like this is a new band yeah let's go check out my friend's brand new band i'm a little envious in that like he's got he's got that platform already you know like that would be odd that would be even stranger to have to play shows oh well there's psychos out there there's psychos out there who who, kill him no, that's not what I was going to say. Stop finishing my sentences. Um, there's psychos out there who, oh. despite them doing these bad, they still follow them. Oh, they'll, they'll gravitate towards them because they find the psychology fascinating. Or they're just crazy and they're like, yeah, yeah I'm into hiring people to kill he's, people too. No, he's, he's so hardcore. Like, like I, I can tell you right now, Elliot Roger, the the supreme incel who who did uh, the, who did his whole all of his little internet vlogs about how like you know he's the supreme gentleman and and, uh, and women you know uh, need need to be punished for um, denying him of of pleasures the oh, pleasures that he sought yeah it wasn't that, that guy was like the tan black hair 
Yeah, he's yeah, a good-looking guy. I yeah. still don't understand how he wasn't able to get pussy. He must have been the most awkwardest Repugnant. creeper personality-wise, but like he he was a good-looking chap. Uh, but anyway, um, there are still like people out there, like especially in the incel community, who view him as like a martyr and mm-hmm. and as like he did like such a good thing. So uh, if Elliot Rogers were still alive and he put together a band, he would. He would have a platform. Yeah, that's true. When you do in something infamous, yeah, it's anything that's sensational. It's the same as being famous, really. Yeah. Except for its hate instead of uh, you know love. Oh, I mean that's one of my favorite bands. Like their front man, Ronnie Radke. He's very uh, polarizing. I personally love the guy, but uh, lots of people don't. And so it's like the hate makes them bigger because he will rag on people all day long. It's what he's always done, and he rolls with it, you know, and he went to prison and all that shit, so. Yeah, Ronnie Radke can only get away with that in the uh, rock music community, because if Ronnie was doing that in the hip-hop community, he would have been shot, like, (laughs) three years ago. I mean, he didn't get dead in prison somehow. Like, rappers don't don't play around with that shit. Like, like, a lot of them just talk about, you know, guns and shit, but it's not the rapper, it's their entourage. Mm -hmm. I was actually watching this documentary that was pretty interesting called Beef, and it was about rap feuds throughout the years. And uh, 50 Cent was actually talking about, uh, he said something that, that uh, kind of opened my eyes to that whole thing. He's like, he's like, yo, I'm an artist, even though I'm hanging out with a bunch of gangsters and shit. Like, I'm just, uh, you know, an artist that happens to be hanging out with those people. And then I blow up and I'm hanging around these gangsters and all they know is the streets mm-hmm. and they're in prison and they're, they're talking me up. You know, I, 50 Cent, my man, 50 Cent, my man, you know, he's going to take care of me when I get out of prison. And then when I, then when he gets out of prison, he's a part of the, the crew and he's wanting me to take care of him. Uh, and then what service can he offer me? He knows he can't offer me anything except fucking people up, essentially. So even if I tell him, even if I don't want him to act on my behalf to, you know, take care of a problem I have with somebody else, he might just do that on his own yeah. accord to, but, to prove his worth in my crew. Yeah, like, look, look what I did for you. Yeah, so. Jesus. Ain't quite right like that in the rock world. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but uh, it, it's way less. By the way, Born Through Fire, his new band, they have uh, 22,000 monthly listeners on oh, Spotify. Man. They're, they're a little bigger than us. Let me see how As I Lay Dying is doing. And by a little, I mean like... Uh, like 200 <laughs> yeah. times more? Yeah, yeah, at least. I mean, it's just a little bit, though. Just, just a little Yeah, see, As I Lay Dying, they still have 1,100,000 monthly li- So, So, you know, he's he's gotten spanked for his bad behavior. He has a fraction of what he used to have in his old band. What are the names of his songs? Like, uh, I, I called... My Almost Dead Wife. Uh, Jesus, My Wife is Fucking Annoying. <laughs> Hold on, I, I gotta... What, what was the name of it? Born through fire. fire. So there are three songs they have out as Bone by Bone, (laughs) My Wife's Bones in parentheses. Yes. Reintroduction. Blood Fire Pain. From being in prison (laughs) for six years. Blood Fire Pain. It just sounds like he's got a really bad, like, UTI. The things I wanted my wife to experience (laughs) before she died. (laughs) It'd be funny if, like, under the fans also, like, section, if it was like, other bands that have killed people or tried to like that would be so fucking funny so you you remember uh, uh, you remember me telling you about that that documentary on netflix it was called like an american murder about the guy that guy chris i forget his last name who um he he killed his whole family his two kids and his wife dude that documentary is insane did you watch it yeah because he dude i'm not kidding you toward the end of the documentary i was like it reminds me of one of my exes and it's really fucking scary like it's really really scary to see some of those traits and know that you've run into people with those traits and you can kind of I saw exactly how this dude was thinking because I lived with a guy and I could start to see this weird it's like it's like there's this disconnect and all of a sudden they live in some kind of crazy alternate universe where they can have whatever they want. They just have to be willing to do whatever to get it, but it's totally reasonable and it's totally going to happen. And all I got to do is all this crazy shit that doesn't make sense in any way. 
Yeah, I just so Chris Watts was the guy who murdered uh, his family and all that. I, I, I want so badly to see what his Spotify wrapped end of the year songs were. <laughs> <laughs> like what what would those songs be like? Like, <laughs> God damn, my crying kids are getting on my nerves by the Decemberists or like, uh, you know, my wife burnt the eggs again by murder, <laughs> motorhead, <laughs> murderhead. Um, I, I like that one better. <laughs> Chop, chop, hackety hack by the insane clown posse. I like that you're listing actual songs. No, these aren't actual songs, like, but, but but I would have to make up. I, songs. ICP does sing about yes. killing people a lot. Yeah, they don't mention that in their uh, in their audiobook, do they? Uh, dude, I don't remember. I listen to the ICP. Yes, they do have an audiobook. I did listen to it. Out of all the audiobooks I've listened to, that is the longest audiobook. It clocks in at like 22 hours long. Didn't you say that was a struggle to listen to because he narrated it? Yes, Violent J from Insane Cloud Posse narrated it, and his voice is very grating. It's like just this heavy Detroit accent, and he's like yelling the whole time. I'm like, Jesus Christ. See, Ronnie Radke's coming out with like a, a tell-all book. And he's like, it's pre-order on his website right now. I'm like, man, I hope there's an audiobook. That would be so freaking cool if you read it. Fingers crossed. It makes a big difference when they actually, like Moby, oh, yeah. his audiobooks, like it, they would not have had the same emotional impact if Moby personally had not well, read then, it. I, I say this all the time, but it's like something is lost in text that the intent of the text by the writer you know, like it, it can impart a completely different meaning just by their inflection on a sentence or on a word or anything like that. Words, I've always said that words have weight and it's never more apparent than if you're listening to like an audio book. There's some, I, I listen to a lot of them because I drive at least an hour to an hour and a half to and from work. So sometimes three hours a day. And um, yeah, no, there are certain, a certain uh, audio uh, book narrators that I will intentionally seek out. I'm like, oh, good, they read this one. Okay, I'll get it because I listen to a lot of fiction. And other people, I'm like, I don't care how much I want to listen to this book. You're, this narrator is awful. So yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, Paul Stanley was the same way when I read the Kiss uh, book or whatever, um, the the audio book. Um, he seems like he'd be pleasant to listen to. He was. He was very pleasant. He was very well spoken, and he he would insinuate like he would enunciate and express himself in ways that if you had merely just read the book yourself, it wouldn't have been the same. Not to mention I'm, I'm an awful reader. Like I, my attention, my eyes dart around and I just, it's very difficult for me to read a lot, you know, especially like in book form, like internet articles are one thing, but yeah. I love reading, but I need to be left alone for it. Cause if there's a lot of noise, I can't, I, or, or like I have to be able to lock into this weird subconscious alter part of my brain that as soon as somebody interrupts me or pulls me out of that like reverie I can't get back to it and it annoys the fuck out of me I learned a lot I learned a lot of new words by yeah. even listening to audiobooks and I try to remember them because I'm, I'm big with words like like when I was listening to a Moby book I learned like what mea culpa is well that's why I like reading because I like seeing how it's spelled also yeah that, I, I wish I, I mean I know how it's spelled now because I looked it up in the soda voce Moby set one point that's and he's like Latin, isn't it or I don't know what, but he's or, like, he's, he's like, we, we whispered to ourselves Soto Voce, you know, and, and then he said whatever he said. And I'm like, what the fuck does Soto Voce meant? And then I looked it up and it's whispering something very dramatically, like being that, that, that's like Soto Voce. Awesome. It's like a, like a theater technique, whatever. Anyways, podcasts off the fucking rails. Um, so yeah, that's the case of uh, Tim Lamb, a little, little quickie, little shorty short, didn't get the uh, vampire documentary. Sorry but for that. Hopefully that'll be coming next week. Since uh, Mike got to take this week off, double duty for me, but it's okay because uh, now I only have three gigs a week. I lost some of my gigs. I'm gaining another gig. You're going to be homeless. Eh, whatever. Yay. I'm looking forward to having more time off and just more time to do the podcast, do YouTube, do things that I actually care about and like, and not just be working all the fucking time. The whole reason that you are alive. And yeah, living. exactly. You know. I was just making that money because I, you know, I'm trying to pay off bills and get to a, uh, you know, get to where my debt is gone. Um, but now it's just like, eh, whatever. This, this debt's never going away. So at least it's not that much. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the podcast. Sorry about the Josh Flower Diaries running out. Um, 
I mean, I could start, I, I could go back and try to recollect shit that happened after the Josh Flower Diaries ended, but it wouldn't have the same impact because I'm writing it as th- a 33 year old and not as I was at the time. Not the overly dramatic. Uh, yeah, you're not getting as much of the ignorant jackass that you got back then, you know, so it just wouldn't have the same impact. So, I mean, you know, sorry, sorry it ended. I know everyone like really liked those and they want me to make a compilation. Oh. I like, Go through all the podcasts and clip out just the parts. You'd have to put them in order, though. You'd have to put them in order. Well, yeah, absolutely, if it makes sense. But yeah, that would be a huge undertaking. I might do it, throw it on Patreon for, or 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 sell it for like a one-time thing. Because guys, if I'm gonna do that, that's a lot (laughs) of fucking work. You need some scrapple for that. Yeah, I need time is money, and that you know, charge you like I don't know twenty bucks. Who knows? It'd it'd be probably a couple hours of listening. You know, of my that's a lot of listening. Are you kidding? Of just the Josh Flower yeah. Diaries? I don't know. To, to find it in each episode? Yeah, no, that's... Well, no, I'm saying on my part, but I'm saying, like, the actual completed, uh-huh. all my Josh Flower Diaries would probably be a couple hours of my emo rantings. Yes. But, yeah, anyway, um, that's the end of the podcast. You can um, subscribe to us on Patreon to get the podcast early. Recommend things that you want us to cover. That's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Once again, patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Do it for yourself for a good Christmas present. Uh, I don't know. I want to put more stuff on there. We, now that I work less, maybe Mike will have... I don't know. Maybe our schedules will line up better. So you'll, you know. Anyway, if you want to join our Facebook group, just go to Facebook, uh, type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries, and then go to the Groups tab. I know it's kind of a lot of steps, but you guys have found your way to it, so good for you. New people joining all the time. Very good... Di- Stop that. You made the you made the stupidest face just then. Why do you do? Why do you do you He's do? hitting me with his foot. God damn it. Violence. Any, anyway, go to the fucking group Uncover Unexplained Mysteries. A lot of activity in there. It's not one of those dead shopping malls of a group like some. And finally, uh my YouTube channel is uh youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Once again, youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Uh, the last video I did was a review of the new Limp Biscuit album. Limp Biscuit still sucks. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying they still suck. That's literally the name of the album, and I do a, a, a comprehensive review of it. And um, my thoughts were, it's a great Limp Biscuit album for like 2003, but I just don't know if this sound really resonates with me as much now. I'm I'm like much older. I, I don't really. I don't really vibe with new metal anymore, but it's, it's good for what it is, but I just don't. Anyway, go listen to the fucking review. And there's also a separate Dance with Ghost music channel that only has our music and our music videos. And it's, it, it's brand spanking new. It doesn't have any of my uh, commentary videos on there. So if you only want to access that stuff, um, honestly, you're going to have to go to one of my videos and there's a link to it. Uh, fuck it. I'll put it. I'm going to put a link to it in this description of this podcast. I'll put a link to just the Dancing with Ghost music channel. Please subscribe. We only have 44 subscribers as opposed to the 7,200 on the main channel. So we want to build up that music only one. So go check that out. So that it's easier to find. You can also probably find it if you type in Dancing with Ghost outtakes video. We're trying to plan a tour for May of 2022. Uh, we might be visiting a city near you. So if you want to meet me and Stephanie and see our band play, Go over to our Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash, uh, was it Dancing with Ghosts Official? Yeah, and on Instagram. Instagram is the one I run, uh, Dancing with Ghosts Official. Yeah, you can keep up with our tour dates. We might be coming to a shitty near you. Or just, you know, comment, stop in, you know, say hello. Yeah, and thank you for anyone who has bought our band merch for Bandcamp Friday. Um, we appreciate all the support from everybody, you know? Yes. And me and Mike will be back doing this hopefully next week. So until next time, have a good rest of your night. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye, guys.